Sports fan with you on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops with you. We made it through another week. It's Friday, and with that, we are thankful to be joined by Ryan Steeg of the Mining Journal. He's the guy who's generally with us on Fridays, and he's kind enough to come back as uh, we come back here in the sports pen. What's up, Ryan? Not much. Uh, it's been a weird stretch here, you know. I'm sure for everybody else out there, you, you're kind of losing track of the days, and you're just hoping sports will come back soon to kind of get you back to normalcy a little bit. So <laughs> this is this is getting me back in schedule doing the show today. So. What What is your quarantine look, Ryan? I mean, how's your hair situation doing? Have you had a haircut recently? You growing out a quarantine stash, anything like that? Well, here's the funny thing. Um, I actually got my haircut two days before they got shut down. Yep, yep. My, I got mine right around the 11th hour. I just snuck it in there. Yeah, so I don't look as bad as some other people do. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I'm actually, I, I'm a guy who can only shave for, I can only grow out my hair for a few days, and then it starts to scratch. So I, uh, I, I'm actually keeping a fairly uh, grooming schedule. Let's put it that way. I mean, like it's not like I, I, it's not like I dress up like I'm going to work. But you know, I'm, I'm uh, if I, if you were to open the door and I. For me, it's like I, I would look at least somewhat presentable. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You're taking care of yourself. You're doing a better job, I think, than I am. I got my hair cut. Uh, I am trying, not very successfully, to stave off uh, getting the Ben Roethlisberger beard. Uh, that's that's not going well right now. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people who look like Ben Roethlisberger when this thing is all over. And if you've seen the picture that I'm talking about, you know what I mean. Very much so. I've... Uh... I've definitely seen that photo, and uh, frankly, it's uh, it's weird to see him that way. It's like <laughs> it's almost like he's given up. Yeah, he did this before the whole quarantine. I mean, before everything yeah. got locked down. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, well, you know, why groom anymore? <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I, I wonder what he looks like now. Like, where is Roethlisberger right now with his – his he just looked like a caveman he was just looked so unkempt and this was all before things really got crazy so i'm looking forward to seeing uh some before and after pictures of roethlisberger i didn't want to go right into this but it is something that while we're on the subject you know quinn snyder right the head coach of the utah jazz yeah i know all right so quinn snyder is one of these guys i was listening to levitard earlier today and he Always, when they play that looks like game, we play it here sometimes on the sports pen. But when they do it on Levitard, Quinn Snyder is always somebody that he's bad news. He either is like in the mafia, he's uh, some shady business dealer, or he's a mad scientist or something. Like he's got this weird, intense look in his eyes. So, this is what I want the audience to do if you're able to, not, you know, obviously if you're driving, but if you're able to. Take out your laptop, your phone, what have you, and Google image Quinn Snyder just so you get a, an idea of what Quinn Snyder generally looks like uh, because he is somebody who's been hit hard by this whole quarantine, his appearance and uh, his grooming, his self-care, what have you. Uh, so that's Quinn with one N. Uh, Quinn Snyder, take a look at this guy. I mean, he, he is just you look at him, and if he wasn't a basketball coach, you didn't know him, you'd think he's kind of bad news, like he's some shady guy or a mad scientist. So now what I want you to do is go, uh, is go to Twitter, if you're able to, and type in Quinn Snyder into the search bar. Because, Ryan, last night he was doing a Zoom interview. He was on camera doing a Zoom interview, and somebody screenshotted it, 
and now it's going viral. And Quinn Snyder just looks so unlike Quinn Snyder. He's just, he's been hit hard by this. You look at his hair. I mean, in regular life, he's a big pomade guy. I mean, you can tell he puts a lot of product, a lot of care into his hair. It's just all fizzled in every which way in this. He just, he he doesn't look like himself. It's weird, and it's hard for me to think that there's anybody whose physical appearance has been impacted more by the coronavirus outbreak than Quinn Snyder. Yeah, I, I, I saw the photo, the current photo, where he's wearing glasses and, like, this crazy curly hair, and it looks like he attempted to grow a beard mm -hmm. and, like, gave up, like, <laughs> halfway through it. <laughs> like... You know, it's like, well, this is the best it's going to get, so that's just what I'm going to go with. <laughs> this is Quinn Snyder not caring, and it's just, it's such a stark contrast that I don't know that there's anybody who's been hit harder from a self-care standpoint than Quinn Snyder with this whole epidemic. Uh, before we get into some actual sports, though, Ryan, I do want to ask you this. As a Minnesota sports fan, what was your initial reaction when you started seeing the Odell Beckham to the Viking rumors? I mean, was it terror? Was it excitement? I mean, because... I, he's talented, but he hasn't gone to a place, and it's worked out for all his talent. I was, I kind of had mixed feelings about it. First, I, well, first when I heard about it, I was like, this has got to be fake. Hmm. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't think the Vikings would be willing to deal, especially if they were in a deal like, you'd have to deal a lot to get him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think they'd go that route because they're actually a pretty stable team. You know, it's not like they're, you know, in desperate need <laughs> for a number one receiver. Um, well, they got Thielen. Yeah, I mean, like, they got a – I mean, I don't know if he's, like, the guy who exactly strikes fear into opposing defenses, mm -hmm. but, you know, he's a reliable receiver, and he's become, like, their go-to guy and a clutch player, and I think they necessarily don't need him. And then I saw it, and I'm just like, I don't think they'd go that route, but – you know, it'd be interesting to see in a different spot. You know, Kirk is, I give him, you know, a lot of guff on Twitter, you know, and stuff like that. But he's actually, especially towards the end of the season, really become a good quarterback. You know, he took that extra step. And maybe if Beckham were to come here to Minnesota, maybe he would have the quarterback he needs. He was stuck. He's been stuck under Baker Mayfield, and that's pretty much a guarantee that it's not going to go well for him. Um, he got Eli when Eli was at the, let's just say, the tail end of his mm -hmm. magical career. So it's like now he's getting Kirk Cousins as Kirk Cousins is, I don't know if I'm at climax, but he's, he's at like rising action, like mm -hmm. he's getting there. You know, I would say he's pretty close to reaching his peak. So, and, you know, and the Vikings are good. They made the playoffs. They beat the Saints. I mean, he'd be going to, like, a legit good team. So I think it would work out, but I don't know if they're willing to deal a lot to get him. That's the thing. Would you give up a second and a fifth-round pick? I don't know. Uh, I guess it depends on how willing he'd be to come, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like... Do I think, like, he'd fit in? Do I think, like, he'd actually be, I don't know. I mean, team players kind of overused. But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, does he 
does he actually truly want to play here? Is he actually going to give? Because it's like, I went through the Randy Moss years where he, you know, <laughs> would flat out refuse to play <laughs> sometimes. So it's like, I wouldn't want that. And we know that Odell has, let's say, he's temperamental at times. Mm, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, he wants to play. And then there's other times where he just doesn't want to be on the same field with his team. So it's like, I'd want to make sure that he would be wanting to play here. He'd see the offense. He knew he'd see that the Vikings are a good team. Now, I mean, the Bears completely fell off last year. So mm-hmm. right now, I mean, I would say it's pretty much a race between them and Green Bay for the NFC North. But it depends on Kirk Cousins and when, whether he's, you know, being the quarterback that I think he can be if the Packers take a step back because they came out of nowhere last year. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's – I don't know. Uh, but uh, I think if they do get him, they will give – they will give – the Vikings, the, he will give the Vikings a number one receiver that maybe they don't necessarily need, but it would be a great asset for them to have. And uh, it would, you know, I, I think, honestly, that would make them the favorites to push them pack the Packers. So you think about if Odell did come to Minnesota, and I'm glad you brought up Randy Moss, and, you know, Odell's probably not quite at that stage, uh, antics, you know, aside. Um, but they are coming off, you know, kind of a – Rocky relationship, uh, the end to a rocky relationship with Stephon Diggs. After going through that and knowing what we know, and if you did know that Odell wanted to come to Minnesota, would you be okay with that move? Would you be excited as a Vikings fan? Yes. I I would imagine there would be a lot of fans who would be sprinting to find jerseys <laughs> with his name on it. Um, I don't know if I would be that. I mean, at the point – in regard to jerseys, if I'm going to buy one, I make sure to get one that doesn't have a name on the back because whenever I buy a jersey, the guy either leaves or gets traded within, like, a couple months. <laughs> and then I'm walking around with a jersey of a guy who is no longer on the roster and you just feel out of place. So I I probably wouldn't go that route, but I imagine I would – I'd be a little more – Excited. I'm already, I mean, I'm already looking forward to the season, but it would add that little extra element, I think, if he were to show up. So, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because you ever notice you go to like a like I see it all the time when I go to Target Field and I watch the Twins play and you just see some of these just obscure jerseys with guys who are no longer with the team and haven't been for a long time. I'm trying to think of one of the more obscure jerseys, but I mean, you see a lot of Johan Santana's of course, because he had such great years with Minnesota. Uh, but you see jerseys of guys that just get traded after a couple of years. And I, I know what you're talking about. I got snake bit once. Uh, I bought a Cal Corver Jersey when I was Atlanta, in Atlanta uh, two, two months before he was traded to Cleveland. And I've still got an Odell Beckham Giants jersey. I don't. I don't know what to do with that. I mean, I really don't. I well, I mean, it's like I have an orange Dolphins Ricky Williams jersey, which mm. is like my favorite thing on the planet. That's a cool. And then, yeah, and then he he retired like the year after I bought it. So and then I had a Dan Marley Phoenix Suns jersey, and he got <laughs> he got traded the year after I got it, and then. I had, um, I bought, um, when I moved to Indianapolis, I bought a uh, Joseph Adai jersey, and he was an all-pro, you know. He was in the last year of his contract. I mean, they were on sale. It was a weird thing. 
at the Colts training camp, they pick one player on the roster, and it's a big-time player, and they sell that guy's jersey for that day for, like, 30 bucks. Hmm. And I saw that that day, and I was like, huh, is, like, did this guy, is he about to get traded, and they're trying to dump all the jerseys? And they said, no, it's, like, it's a deal that they do. So, I mean, like, they said Peyton was, like, a couple days before, and, you know, Reggie Wayne might be in a couple days after. So it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. So I got that. And, uh, you know, he had a good season, and then he got traded after the season was over. So it's like, so right now, I, if I have my Colts jersey on, I wear my Joseph Adai jersey just for the fact that people wonder who he is, and I get a, lot, I get a kick out of that. They won a Super Bowl with him. Hey, you're telling me people yeah. don't know who Joseph Adai is? Yeah, I'm like, they won a Super Bowl. He was, he was an all-pro. I mean, you guys can't forget him that quickly. I mean, I guess I it mean, was 13 <laughs> years ago that they won that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 41, but still. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it is a memorable player. It's not like, you know, I I still laugh. I, I swear at this Twins game I was at mm. that either the guy who wore the jersey must have been a relative of this player because there's nobody in their right mind would spend money on a Scott Stahoviak jersey. Because <laughs> 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 I'm like, I saw that game and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, he was there for like a year, and he batted like 210. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I go there, and I just think, who actually spends money on a Delman Young jersey? Yeah. Nick I mean, Punto. You see Nick Punto jerseys out there. Well, Nick Punto is like some bizarre player who, like, you know, he was like the Rudy of the Minnesota he, Twins. A little bit. I mean, he, he yeah. hit like 220 for his time with the twins but he had such big moments he's like the he's like the twins version of brandon inch he was never that great of a hitter but he was mr clutch yeah he was a, he was a solid guy i mean he wasn't good per se but like he was like the guy who gave it his all and you know was inspirational and look what he can do when the pressure's on he's that kind of guy and uh, so i think people embraced him um for but i that's why I love joke jerseys. Mm. I love it when people, um, like, everybody, there was a stretch, and it's probably still true, that where Indians fans would actually buy major league character jerseys <laughs> more than the players on the roster. And it's like, I can get it, because those players will forever be on the Indians mm -hmm. roster. You know? I, you'll see, like, Pedro Serrano jerseys mm -hmm. and, you know, Rick Vaughn jerseys. And it's like, I can get behind that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a fun thing, and you know, people, you know, think it's hilarious. So yeah, I, I can I can embrace that. As a Twins well, fan, that means I need to go out and buy a number four Luke Collins jersey, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that. Or <laughs> is it sad that I he's the only guy I remember from that movie? Maybe a that little bit, man. We're, this is our movie. This is a movie for people like us. Yeah. But it's like the, the characters on that roster that were, were really that memorable. Billy you know? Haywood. It's like, well, yeah, but he was the owner slash manager. Right. I mean, it's like. Yeah, but, but who I mean, could like, forget talking... Tucker Kane's catch crashing into the wall at Fenway or, or uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the catcher that, you know, he turned around, he stood up for the for uh, for Billy Haywood. What was that? What was his name? Hodges. Oh, I... Mark Hodges. You want a Mark Hodges jersey? Yeah, I, that, that sounds about right. But I, 
is, is it weird? I remember the players from the, for love of the game more than I remember the little a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I I remember. I mean, John C. Riley's character in For Love of the Game was Gus Sinski, <laughs> who was a catcher. And their center fielder was Mickey Hart. And Kevin Costner was Billy Chappell. And I, the other day, I'm like, how am I remembering this stuff? This is like a decent movie, but not like overly great baseball movie. So I'm like, I don't know. It's one of those things that you remember from and you're wondering where it comes from so that's yeah i'm thinking back now i think i can do and this is absolutely no relevance and i feel bad that we're taking up actual airtime doing this because we got to hit a break too i think i can still name the entire starting nine from little big league i believe i believe the outfield from left to right was lonnie ritter uh spencer hamilton and tucker kane Third base okay. would have been Larry Hilbert. Remember, he had that double to set up Collins at the end of the one-game playoff. Uh, mm-hmm. Pat Corning was the shortstop. Mickey Scales, remember, he learned how to hit. He played second base. And Collins was the first baseman with Hodges behind the plate. And then you go through your assortment of pitchers. You had uh, Wedman. Would you would you get a Bill Wedman jersey? Uh, Blackout yeah. Gatlin. Bill Wedman is okay. one of those underrated movie characters. Uh, Bowers. Bowers was a good one. Yeah, well, I remember Redmond because that one kid kept wanting him to be playing in the game. <laughs> and then he finally, <laughs> finally pitches him in the biggest game of the year. Yeah, yeah. Should have started Wegman. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> Danner Hoops, then, Ryan uh, Stieg with you. Glad to have you along, and thank you for putting up with our nonsense. We'll take a time out. More nonsense after this on ESPN-UP. First Bank's message is simple. We're committed to helping our customers. I'm E.J. Kostriva, Regional President, and it's especially important at this new and different time to know that your loan officer is a phone call away. And while traditional banking has temporarily seen a few changes, drive through banking is open, and the First Bank staff is here to help make life easier for you. When you need us, let us know how we can help. Visit first-bank.com for more information or call 906-228-7300. We are really all in this together. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. I think we've been going with the hoops line, but we're doing our darndest here. As I work from home now, I'm uh, I'm here in my apartment on the lake shore, and I tell you what, Ryan. Uh, I try not to criticize people, especially with what we're going through right now. I get it. You want to be as clean as possible. But whoever is living directly above me vacuums about six times a day, I swear. And, again, I'm not going to criticize somebody for, you know, being sanitary, especially with what we're going through right now. But the other night I woke up, I looked at my phone, it was 3.58 in the morning, and I can hear the vacuum going above my ceiling, and I bring it up because he just started. So I don't know if that's, if the mic is picking that up, but whoever, my, my upstairs neighbor is vacuuming, so I hope that's not coming through over the air. Well, I can't hear it. Okay, so good. I, uh, All right, that makes me feel better then. Uh, but yeah, we're we're doing our darndest working from home. I get, uh, I get a look out the window here and... You know, look at the lake shore, the Ordock, what have you. I can cook a frozen pizza while while we do this show and just go to town on that here once we sign off. Uh, but now I'm starting to starting to get the hang of this working from home thing. Uh, tell you what, uh, there's some stuff that I did want to bring up with you. First of all, 
Uh, did you watch any of that NBA horse competition that they were live streaming? The finals were last night, and Mike Connolly ended up winning it. I I did not. I, I thought it was kind of a joke, and as much as I'm looking forward to sports coming back, I couldn't bring myself to watch a horse competition. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, some people liked it, and I'm glad for the people that did. It's not for me. It, it just wasn't for me. Okay, yeah. I mean, I it wasn't for me either. It just, I, I mean, I applaud that people are trying to find content, you know. And, uh, I mean, last night there was that, uh, were, you, you, were you aware that they tried, ABC tried to do a Disney sing-along? I was you know? not aware of that. Well, apparently they tried to have a Disney sing-along where celebrities would sing Disney songs from their, their, I guess places of quarantine, probably their houses, <laughs> and and uh, you know, people could sing along with them because they'd have the lyrics on the bottom of the screen. And I watched about like ten minutes of it, and I was just like, you know, I give them credit for trying, but man, this is stupid. <laughs> you, you lasted ten minutes watching that. Well, my wife was next to me, and that was uh, uh. <laughs> she. She was. She was. She was really excited to watch it, but even after 10 minutes, she was like, okay, let's find something else. So. <laughs> I tell you <laughs> what, we're, we're all doing our darndest. Yeah, it's like, well, the first song was bad. She goes, well, maybe like the second song would be better, and that was even worse. She's like, okay, let's watch <laughs> did they Did they do any Frozen songs? Was Let It Go on there? No, the, uh, they didn't get that far. They had... Uh, they had a beer guest, and then they went to Toy Story, and it was just like, you know... It's like, I, I really, I, I give everybody, I mean, SNL, remember, like, Saturday night, they tried to do a, a kind of a quarantine, mm -hmm. you know, bit. And, you know, it's like, some of the stuff, it's like, they tried, and it was at least somewhat funny, mm -hmm. but it's just like, you just, when you're not around other people, you just can't do stuff, you know? Some stuff just falls flat, and that was one of the things that did, so. I don't even know the song Be My Guest. I didn't know that they sang anything in Toy Story. Like, if you want to keep the audience attention, make a good impression, you probably start with Let It Go because that's 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 one that you you don't even have to be a Disney fan to have heard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was actually played on the airwaves, you know, like, um, you know, like on typical pop stations, mm -hmm. not like on Radio Disney. This is like people actually sang it, but uh, – yeah, it just uh, they played Beauty and the Beast, they played Toy Story, and it was just it just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And uh, but like I said, I, I give them a lot of credit for attempting to do something, but it just it did, it wasn't there for them. Well, so I hope some people found enjoyment with that. I know what people aren't finding enjoyment in uh, there. I've never seen uh, people like Doctor Oz or Doctor Phil be more universally criticized than they are right now because you know they're they're pseudo doctors uh but they have that title in front of them so they believe that they can comment on everything and uh people people are really unhappy with guys like this right now but at the same time i'd probably do the same thing man like if i was like a fake doctor or something if i got some like honorary you know diploma or whatever and i was doctor hoops you know and yeah, that'd be a cool name actually doctor hoops for like a a basketball character, uh, yeah, I'd probably feel like I had authority to comment on everything, and I probably would too. So I can't criticize him too much. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like <laughs> I feel like they're trying too hard to stay relevant, mm. <laughs> and it just—it's just like 
you know, does anybody really buy the fact that they're actual doctors? You know, <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I mean, it's been well documented that, you know, Dr. Phil is not actually a licensed consultant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dr. Oz is not really truly a medical doctor. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I'm hoping people will look at that and say, this is his opinion. This is not something you should actually take to the bank and say, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do today, you know. <laughs> I like, mean, just, I, just having that doctor title, they feel that gives them the authority to comment on anything. They feel that being a doctor means that they are their opinion is up there with Dr. Fauci. Yeah, and it's just like, no, it's you're really not. It's like, you know, just, I mean, you know, I mean, who was it? Uh, I mean, Dr. Dre is not an actual doctor. <laughs> Dr. Dr. J? Dr. J is not a doctor. Dr. Love, you know, Dr. Gene Pepper. Simmons is not, a, is not an actual doctor. It's, it's just, you know, just because he has a cool nickname, that doesn't necessarily mean he has a doctor. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, we we have Ryan here. He's you know an experienced writer, a veteran writer. He writes for a Division One hockey team, and we bring him on here, and we just make him put up with this nonsense that we we go over. So we appreciate him uh, doing that. And I tell you what, uh, before we get to actual sports, um, well, traditional sports, because I do have something I want to bring up here. Uh, regarding hockey, this was a story that I'm going to be very careful around, uh, that I got to kind of need to tiptoe around. Um, but it was reported on Twitter today by Darren Rovell that an adult film company, a porn website that was not named, it, they just said that it was a porn website, has offered Joe Buck $1 million to commentate their live streams. And I thought, is this really where we've come to? But you think about it, an industry that's probably doing well right now is that, an industry like that. And now they're reaching out to bring in some of the top commentators in the country. And there was just this this thread that was like, you know, if you had your opportunity, which guy would you pick to commentate? And I thought, oh, boy, we're going down the rabbit hole with this. But, uh, you know. This is something that off air we could we could very much do a Joe Buck parody that uh, would not be <laughs> airable. Um, but man, it got you thinking. They had a good discussion going for for what it's worth on Twitter. They had a good discussion go over uh, uh, which you know which sportscaster would you have call an adult movie, and the popular answer was Mike Breen because of his use of the word bang when he calls a made basket for the NBA on TNT. I, 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 I could see that. Uh, I think Gus Johnson. Yeah, that's the one I thought. Yep. Gus Johnson. Uh, yeah, I mean, cause he's, yeah, he'd put a lot of enthusiasm toward it. I mean, I just, <laughs> I don't know if Joe would be just really that into it. it, it you know? Joe, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know about, he seemed like he would be kind of vanilla about it. Somebody said Jim Nance needs to be like the, gentle soothing voice and could you imagine tony romo in the booth with nance if they were doing uh something well, like that i well, I, don't, I don't even want to think about that yeah, jim jim nance would be a weird introduction hello friends <laughs> <Welcome to> the- <laughs> uh, uh would al 
Al Michaels is someone who's the consummate professional. Think about Al Michaels and Bob Costas and just <laughs> I'm, I'm still yeah. thinking about Jim uh. Nance opening with Hello Friends. <laughs> Could you well, imagine Vern Lundquist? Uh, Vern Lundquist would probably, I, I think Vern Lundquist would be highly entertained by it, <laughs> you know, and uh I, I would say if he was alive, Keith Jackson would probably be the premier mm, one to me. That's a good one. Uh, Howie Cosell? Yeah, how, you know, Howie Cosell. I mean, I would go classic. I think the current guys, you know, just just doesn't don't have that extra element. I think uh, the old-timey uh, broadcasters would probably have some creative stuff to say. Harry Carey? Uh, Harry <laughs> Carey would be – Harry Carey would be drunk while it was going on. <laughs> I'm sure it would be highly entertaining. You know, just knowing part of his history, I do, you know, and I I hope that's okay for me to say, I, I would think this might be right up Marv Albert's alley. I Yeah, uh, although let's see that again would be an interesting <laughs> <take>. <laughs> Uh Kenny Albert, he's got a nice voice. Yeah, Kenny Albert would be a good that one. That like I, listening uh, to Kenny Albert. Oh, did you think of Doc Emmerich with his vocab? Uh, Doc Emmerich, I'm sure, would have stories to tell you know, <laughs> while he was doing it. So I would be uh, – <laughs> they're all interesting in their own little way. But uh, I'm not uh, I'm not sure who would be the premier guy. I guess I'd have to go with Keith Jackson. But uh, I, I don't know. I think they all would add their own little elements to it. I, I could do a lot of impressions right now, but I'm not going to because we're on air. But, yes, there has been an adult – film website that has not been identified darren rovell is uh reporting on twitter that has offered joe buck one million dollars to commentate their live stream webcams that is where we are with (laughs) coronavirus quarantine in 2020 uh we are coming up on our next break so let's take that now we'll visit the hat of content and talk actual sports next on espn dave's collision and ishpeming specializes in scratch and dent repair as well as other major collision repairs including metalwork painting and collision related mechanical work dave's uses quality exalta paint to ensure a clean shiny color match finish with over 26 years of experience dave with the help of his qualified staff has the knowledge to restore your vehicle to pre-accident condition make the right decision choose dave's collision Call 485-1211. That's 485-1211. When glass breaks, and it's the kind of a break where your insurance company is going to pay for it, step back for a moment and call timeout. You have the right to select Peninsula Glass and Auto Sales of Ishpeming, and why not? If it's glass, they can fix it. All work is guaranteed, and they will bill your insurance directly. The mobile team at Peninsula Glass will come to you and make repairs. Call for a free estimate and see how the crew can best serve you. They also do residential and heavy equipment repair. Peninsula Glass and Auto Sales, Marquette County's only locally owned and operated auto glass shop, right on US 41 in Ishpeming. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. that he was the first NBA player who tested positive for COVID-19. Curry was tested March 6th, one day after his return to the court following a broken hand. Todd Woodcraft, Todd Woodcraft, how about Woodcroft, has been named the new head coach at uh, Vermont, the new head hockey coach there. And finally, if you drank a different beverage made by the Coca-Cola company every day, 
it would take you nine and a half years to try every one of their products. Which surprises you more, Ryan, the fact that Coca-Cola has 3,500 different products that would take you nine and a half years plus to try all of them if you had one a day? Or Steph Curry actually was the first, uh, the novel NBA player who was tested uh, tested positive for COVID-19, not Rudy Gobert. I have the um, probably the Steph Curry one because, you know, Coca-Cola is like a massive company. I mean, people aren't aware of that, but uh, it's not just pop for them. I mean, they own energy drinks. They own juice companies. They own Dasani. They own, uh, I think I'm pretty sure they own a few restaurants, <laughs> you know, and they they ship stuff overseas, and overseas you get different flavors that you can't get over here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing about Pepsi. I'm pretty sure Pepsi, you know, still owns Pizza Hut mm-hmm. and KFC and Taco Bell. So it's like they're like that hidden thing like, huh, I didn't know Coke owned this product, you know. It's like... <laughs> And I can't remember. I think they is it is it Tropicana that they own, or is it Minute Maid? I can't remember. But they own that orange juice company. And uh, I mean, it's that doesn't surprise me at all because um, I'm pretty sure Coca Cola World, the, you know, the big thing in, at their headquarters mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Didn't they? You can, yeah. You, there's you can get anything <laughs> and try anything. I mean, the wide variety of flavors. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stig with you. Glad to have you along. We've got some hockey to talk about with Ryan here in a moment, but first let's take a look inside the hat of content. Ryan, I've got my leprechaun hat here. I'm reaching in, pulling out a subject number for us, and the number that I have is 13. Um, Oh, here's a fun one. Uh, If you could erase one moment in sports history, what would it be? Erase. Yep. Oh. A heartbreaking moment, uh, maybe for your team. You could take. Uh, we can make it a game too. You could erase a moment. You could erase a game. I would say now, like, are we talking erase completely? Or are we talking about like erase it and then write in a different ending? Um, interpret it how you will. Okay. Well, I say if I'd probably say. Erase completely. I'd like to erase the forty-one to nothing Giants over Vikings NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. I like to pretend that just didn't happen. Um, but I would probably say Gary Anderson makes his kick in the ninety-nine NFC Championship, mm-hmm. so it clinches the win against the Falcons and the Vikings make the Super Bowl because they were by far the best team, and it would it would be just a lockdown win. I don't usually like to say that, but I mean. It was almost meant to be, and when it when he missed that kick, it almost clinched the fact that this wasn't going to happen. Even though there was actually, they still had time left, but still, I mean, that was like an omen. <laughs> Things weren't going to end well, so I would probably go with that. It was like the precursor to Blair Walsh a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, very much. I mean, the Vikings and field goals—it's just not their thing, and uh, yeah. So I'd go with that. Or I guess you could say the Brett Favre pick. Ah, <laughs> there you go, in 09. Yeah, so you could put that on there too. So yeah, yeah. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you know, kicking probably is the same way. I'm sure that if we asked a Bills fan, they would erase Scott Norwood's missed kick. Yeah. Um, something yeah. like that. I tell you what, though, um, I've got this to bring up to you, Ryan. Um, 
actual sports here. And again, we make you put up with our nonsense. We appreciate you. But uh, there was an interesting article I saw on Twitter today. It was by The Athletic. And it featured Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins. Now, Boston was one of four or five teams that had a real shot at winning the Stanley Cup this year, especially out in the Eastern Conference. I think St. Louis was pretty much the consensus favorite to repeat in the West. But out East, Boston was a legit contender. Washington was legit. Tampa, Pittsburgh, I thought, had realistic shots. And Brad Marchand says that if the NHL season resumes later this year, that the Bruins are no longer, he doesn't consider them a title contender anymore. He says that their team is too old, they have too many veterans, and what we got to keep in mind here, Ryan, as much as we all want sports to come back, and I'm guilty of this too, I don't take into account how much time these guys are going to need to get back in shape to play pro athletics, and you know, basketball is going through the same thing, because team workout facilities are closed, a lot of workout facilities in general are closed, and these athletes, unless they have access to a home gym, uh, home ice arena, I guess you can use a driveway. I guess I'm not as worried about some hockey players unless they're living in a, in a warm climate. Unless they have access to training facilities like that uh, within their own home, then these athletes are going to come back when the season does start again in maybe the worst shape of their of their careers, of their lives even, because hockey players, as you know, they start at a young age. I mean, they're always in shape like that. And and the, there are going to be a lot of guys who are in the worst shape of their lives and certainly the worst shape of their careers when we try to uh, restart the season, if the season does start again. And for that reason, Marshan believes the Bruins, with their uh, veteran team, will not be cup contenders. I think it's going to take an adjustment. I think, you know, as eager as everybody, like you said, wants it to come back, I mean, they got to get back into shape. And I'll give you an example. So for those who, you know, get a chance to read my feature on Joe Nardi for the enemy hockey team, I was talking to him, and he said he's been basically sheltered in his basement, you know, when I talked to him for a few days. So he, I mean, just think about that. They can't even go to, like, an indoor rink to, you know, play. You mean, unless you have your driveway or a court in your backyard, you're not really going to be able to shoot unless you want to put up, like, a Nerf ball hoot in your basement or something like that. And, you know, hockey's even worse because you need ice, and it's April. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you can freeze a rink in your backyard. Yeah. Or no, I mean, especially it's, if you live down in the south. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're in, you know, if you're in Dallas or Florida or, you know. California's got a lot of hockey players. Yeah, yeah, it's like, what are you going to do? And there's not really much you can do. So I don't know if – I mean, I think Marchand is being a little negative with it, but I think you can make the point that they're not going to be sharp from the start, you know, that you, you, those first couple games are probably going to be kind of ugly, <laughs> you know, for everybody. I mean, wasn't Boston like the top seed in the East, mm -hmm. I think, when the season ended? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like – I mean, they were the favorite. I mean, like you said, I mean, you can throw in Washington and Pittsburgh and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it's they were seen as – and then you got Bruins fans who say, like, well, if the season gets canceled, we should just get the cup. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Which, I mean, talk about lame. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I, I think he makes – I think he makes a good case in the fact that they're not going to look good, I would say – but I wouldn't know if I would just completely throw it away. But I think 
you know, no, there isn't going to be a single team in the NHL that first week of games where you're going to be like, hey, this team could win the cup. You're probably going to be like, this team could barely make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's not going to look good. So I think it was a little more negative, but I can understand the case that nobody's going to look good. And I think fans need to prepare for that. That You're not going to get quality hockey, I would say, the first couple mm. games. Well, well, and you think yeah. about the NBA, too. I mean, the, the athleticism that it takes uh, for a lot of them as well. I mean, we might see basketball games with scores of, like, 90 to 78 for a little bit. I mean, we might see some college scores for the first couple of weeks if they come back. Yeah, imagine, like, watching an NBA game and see it, like, being, like, 72 to 64 <laughs> or something like that. It might happen. <laughs> it might happen you for know, the first few weeks. You know, they go the uh, – the varsity high school route or the uh, the D two <laughs> college route, they're just like, you know, uh, it's just it's gonna be weird, and I'm hoping people can adjust to that and be like, okay, you know, it's not gonna be what you expect, and uh, you know, and you could throw baseball in there too, mm-hmm. you know, it's like these guys, you know, spring training, which is their time to get ready, was canceled, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, it's not like, I mean, you can be sit there. I mean, Chris Bryant, of course, set up, you know, a little batting cage, you know, in his garage, you know, which is, uh, you know, if you saw it, it's quite the massive garage. <laughs> but, you know, like, other than that, I mean, it's not like you can necessarily go shag fly balls, yep. you know. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, you can do the basics, but, you know, all the extra stuff, you know, you're not getting experience. You're not facing you know, big league pitching, you know, you're just doing what you can. And it's just, it's going to be very weird, you know, the first time, uh, you know, the first couple of games, the first couple of weeks and uh, for guys to get in the swing of things, because they're going to need at least, I would say probably bare minimum two weeks to get in the zone, you know, to, to be in preparation. So even if you decide to, let's say, bring back the league and like, late may you know you're gonna need like maybe like two weeks of training camp (laughs) just for them to get in the the groove again so i i would say even if they set a date to come back you got to push it back a little bit so yeah it's uh it's definitely gonna be weird i am hopefully entertained watching the way that some athletes are able to stay in shape like i have a younger brother that plays division two football and when i was back in iowa last week and he he's doing his darndest to you know do be able to do his workouts with gyms closed and you know being quarantined uh so he comes into the living room where the family was and he asks would it be dangerous if he put the car in neutral and pushed it down the driveway and i thought oh my gosh um <laughs> there, there that that was a fun conversation to have after that um that, yeah i saw a picture on facebook uh, the other day and it's a couple of westwood athletes shout out to the markham brothers and they they have put together some makeshift barbells using uh some of the i don't know what there was boxes full with something i don't know what the what it was but they have like they made their own uh, weight rack and everything with just like stuff that they found in their basement. I'm like, this is impressive, you know, this, and I'm seeing the ways that athletes are able to stay in shape and I'm happy to hear it, you know, and I'm happy to see it that at least, you know, they're doing something. I know it's not ideal, but you know, more productive than, uh, than what, than what other athletes maybe at the professional level have been doing. I mean, 
you can get you can get in trouble even on your day off, as we saw with you know Kyle Larson, the NASCAR driver, earlier this week. Uh, did you see Leonard Fournette? Did you see uh, him go live on Instagram earlier this week? No, I didn't see that. He is uh, somebody that whenever you know, here's the thing, and I got one of these earlier today, and it's just like uh, somebody's going live with an Instagram story right now, and I'm like, how does this affect me? Like this, it I, I get. You know what I'm talking about. You get a like a Facebook notification. So and so has updated their status. I'm like, so? I mean, who cares? Uh, but when Leonard Fournette goes live on Instagram, that's usually much watch, uh, must watch content because he's usually got something to say and he's not shy about saying it. Uh, but he called out his own quarterback on Instagram live, and I was just a little shocked to see that because you know, he said that he would rather have Cam Newton as his quarterback rather than Gardner Minshew. And you know what? You know how I feel about Minshew, and I, I, I like Cam Newton just fine. I'm a little bit shocked to uh, to hear someone do that. I mean, you got to share a locker room with this guy, and you, just, you call out your quarterback? I was a little surprised by that. That's yeah, uh, an interesting road to take. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I would think you'd try to, you know, build in the connection, say like, okay, this is the situation we're in, and maybe like mutter to yourself or with your friends, you know, <laughs> that I hate this. But, uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be doing it on Instagram. I mean, people read that, mm-hmm. you know, people follow you, you know. I'm sure Gardner saw it <laughs> at some point, you know. It's like, I don't know. I It's just, it's a bad idea in my idea. Levitard was doing their looks like game earlier today. And they talked about uh, Gardner Minshew. He was on there, and this is what I do want to share here before we go to break. Minshew looks like an Iowa State trooper who gets put on administrative leave because he fired his pistol at traffic signs. And I thought, that's perfect. That really is perfect. And it's true. This is where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> Danner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funny's next on ESPN-UP. First Bank's message is simple. We're committed to helping our customers. I'm E.J. Kostriva, Regional President, and it's especially important at this new and different time to know that your loan officer is a phone call away. And while traditional banking has temporarily seen a few changes, drive through banking is open, and the First Bank staff is here to help make life easier for you. When you need us, let us know how we can help. Visit first-bank.com for more information or call 906-228-7300. We are really all in this together. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. Mobile app from the Apple I Store or Google Play. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We're glad to have you along this Friday afternoon. We get set to send you into the weekend with the Friday Funnies, which are back, courtesy of Mr. Stieg. What do you have, Ryan? Well, um, I don't know. I'm trying to remember if I, like, in the last time we did the Funnies, if I actually mentioned any of these. So um, some of these might be a repeat, but uh, hopefully they're still fresh. Um, the you are aware that the Florida Senate, you know, voted Florida State the national chance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for this reminder for everybody, um, they thought the Florida Senate thought that Florida State deserved to get the national championship for men's college basketball because they were favored to challenge the top seeds and take home the national title. So, 
by a 37-2 vote, the Seminoles are now national champions in the minds of the Florida Senate. <laughs> so you thought you thought that you know Central Florida awarding them a national championship itself was weird. Well, now the legislature is involved, and uh, they really don't have a case <laughs> for being the national champions. But according to them. Florida State has won the national championship. I mean, I'm waiting for other le- I'm waiting for other legislatures to do this. Uh, but are we even sure that they would have been a one seed? I mean, they were probably going to be one, but I don't know that it was a guarantee that Florida State was going to be a one seed this year, especially with how weak the ACC was. I I I don't know. I I don't know what the case necessarily would be for Florida State because they don't have those quality wins like they used to, being in uh, in a down year for the ACC. And second of all, doesn't the Florida legislature have anything better to do with a with a national uh, emergency going on? Uh, apparently not. Apparently not. No. <laughs> Award yeah, fictitious I, titles to Florida State men's basketball. Yeah, that's that's that sums up where Florida's at right now. So I hope people I hope people got a kick out of that one. Um, so I don't know if Darren Williams said that. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki texted him um, if he was under quarantine because he needed help getting his car out of the mud. Darren Williams has a truck. Uh, Dirk has a Mercedes minivan. So he had to contact his former teammate and (laughs) text him to get his car out of the mud under quarantine. So... There's your little tidbit there is that he was so desperate he contacted a former teammate. Does that seem weird to you? It just seems weird to me that Dirk Nowitzki's go-to is Darren Williams. Yeah, it's a little bit. I mean, Darren is a a pickup, but still. I mean, that was the first person that came in mind. (laughs) Like. No, nobody else on your current team had a pickup. <laughs> I mean, if you're still in, you know, Dallas, I mean, maybe, maybe so. I'm sure there are some pickups down there. Yeah, you know, if you think somebody in Texas on the Mavericks would have, you know, a pickup, but <laughs> apparently not the case. Right. Um, did you hear about the Australian Football League? I did playing? not. Okay, the Australian Football League had their first game was in a 100,000-seat stadium with no fans. Mm. So they played Welcome to the Jungle as the team came out and prepared and played the club song as it ran onto the grass. So you have music playing as loud as it can, and there's no fans, and then the 100,000-seat stadium. It would be like if Michigan played in the big house and no one was there. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's that's where they went, and that might and, happen here this year. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't think that it would reach that point, but Australia took the initiative. Mm. Um, so, and then you have Taiwan baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, they played with mannequins. What, what do you mean? So, in the crowd. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> an empty stadium, they put mannequins. That's what you find in the store, and they lined up the seats with mannequins <laughs> to simulate a game-like environment. Pumping crowd now, noise. I mean, give them credit being that creative. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I put a, they put some effort into it, but I'm just like, you know, these these things don't move. 
So it's not like, you know, you're going to see a whole lot of antics. It's just guys standing there, <laughs> you know. And uh, But it's something it's better than nothing. It's better than playing in front of an entirely empty stadium. Hey, is it, though? Because you look up and there's, I mean, they had to know this is a mannequin. And you, I, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm trying to think of what my reaction would be if I saw that. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, the empty stadium, I suppose, makes more sense. But it's, I think it's a little more entertaining to see random plastic people. <laughs> I feel like stadium. I'd probably prefer the empty stadium. I mean, it's creative, I get it, but then you just, it's, there's weird plastic people in the crowd. Like, did they fill the stadium up? Like, I haven't seen pictures of, the, of, of this. Did they have, like, a semi-full stadium? Um, I think at the very least, I think they filled up the area, like, from the baselines around home plate and, like, from first base to third base. So, I mean, like, if it were, let's say, televised, it actually would appear that there's fans there. <laughs> what do you know? So, All right. Well, I mean, yeah. I, give, I give them credit. It's creative. Yeah. Um, you hear what happened to the Price and Right? No. That poor guy the other day? Okay. So this guy could probably end up having the worst gift he could possibly get. Oh, no. He got a trip to game four of the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. If the, if the season gets canceled... This guy got a round-trip airfare, a five-night stay in a luxury hotel, tickets for the game, and, a, and jerseys for his crew of the team of his choice. Oof. And the season could get canceled. It could, but maybe they wouldn't make it up to him? Uh, I don't know if they would. But I would be livid that. if I won that and the season were to get canceled. They were just going to say, well, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, just uh, that guy could end up getting the worst gift probably in the history of like the Price of Right, and the fact that his he might not be able to cash in on that. So, I it's a tough break for that guy. Oh man, um, that's what a sweet gift though. I mean, if that does come into fruition, I mean, you and your friends game four the Stanley Cup Finals, and then they're covering your expenses for five nights at a big time hotel, jerseys and swag. I mean, that's. That's a pretty darn good deal if it works out. If it doesn't, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, if it yeah if it works out, that's like the coolest gift I could think I've seen on the prices right. And then if it doesn't, it's devastating. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, but how much time do we got left? We've got about seven minutes, six seven okay. minutes, something like that. Okay, okay, I got a few more. All right, um, we have game shows. <clears throat> so what happened in Jeopardy the other day? They're doing the college championships, and. Uh, for some reason, this was a $1,000 category. This should be more like a 200 or $400 mm. category. But the topic was one of the topics found at this course at Arizona State is this player who broke the color barrier in 1947. The girl who answered said Babe Ruth. He clearly had a baseball <laughs> Or apparently, I, I don't even know if you need to be a baseball fan to to know that. <laughs> I, I thought that was common knowledge. I think even <laughs> non-baseball fans would be aware of that. For crying out loud, they made a movie about it a couple of years ago. <laughs> Good movie, by the way. Yeah, well, Harrison like, Ford as uh, Branch Rickey. I thought he absolutely nailed it. Yeah, I I love that movie. I have that movie, but I didn't think someone would get that wrong. But apparently. 
that's the case. Oops. So, yeah, again, this is where we are in 2020, yeah. the year of our Lord. This is <laughs> Joe Buck is being offered a contract to narrate, commentate porn. Uh, people are letting themselves go, not keeping themselves kept uh, kept groomed, uh, and yeah. then people are doing stuff like this. It's yeah, boy, we, well, we we all are, have our job to do, and we're all just doing a bang up job of it. I got a couple. I got two more. Okay. It's the Watt brothers, um, Derek, TJ, and JJ. So I think they were on Jimmy Fallon or something. But they were talking, and they said they had a story about when JJ was in charge of babysitting his brothers. Mm-hmm. And he wa- and he wanted to, I guess, impress his folks or be responsible. So he decided he was going to cook dinner. Okay. So he took, the, <clears throat> he took a chicken breast and threw it in a tea kettle. And put it on top of the oven hmm. to cook. I don't think that's how you it, do it. it. Yeah, that's definitely not <laughs> how you do it. They put any water in there. And the brother said that their parents had never done this before. And he'd never seen his parents do that. But in his mind, that's how you cook a chicken. <laughs> throw in the chicken kettle. And the best part was that he went to go take a shower while this happened. Oh, no. So he left, he left the tea kettle with, an, with a chicken inside of it with no water. And decided I'm going to go take a shower, and eventually set the stove on. <laughs> Have you ever had a cooking mishap like that, where you're young and you're starting to learn stuff? Like, cause, cause the one that comes to mind for me, I don't remember how old I was. Uh, the first time I tried to make popcorn, I did not realize that you keep the kernels in the bag until after they go in the microwave. Yeah. So I put a bowl of kernels I- in the microwave. Didn't end well. <laughs> I would imagine. Um, but uh, I, that was, I've never had a cooking this up that bad, but that's what J.J. Watt went through, and hopefully he's learned from that. Well, I, I hope so. I, I, I would yeah. like that to be common knowledge, and again, I put kernels in a bowl in a microwave. Yeah, you know, one-time mistake, you know, you learn from it. Yeah. But uh, last one, I'm going to leave us with Nick Saban. Now, Nick is... As we've said on the show, is not exactly how do I say it, paying attention to the world around him. <laughs> you know, like you know, he f- forgot that there was an election one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgot, you know, that things exist outside of football. <laughs> well, he now admits he learned how to email the e- other day. E- did you say email, like send messages on the internet? Yeah, yeah email, send and messages. He didn't know how to do that. He did not know how to do that. He said that his wife used to do that. People would forward any email that he got to his wife, and his wife would respond. And finally, I guess his wife had had enough of doing this and said, okay, you're learning how to do this. (laughs) And uh, so he finally got around to learning this. Now he says, I still refuse to send or receive text messages, but he is willing to email responses to other people. And the best part is his quote that I've come a long way. And I'm like, you you barely crossed into the 20th century. <laughs> I mean, even Bilicek is a texter. Yeah. I mean, email, it's like I learned how to email in the 90s. I, mean, I, I like, feel like that'd be hard to be a college coach where you, if you don't email or text, like how do you recruit? 
I mean, do you do everything in person? Do you, like, defer everything to your assistants? Maybe that's and a secret in person. Maybe that's why he recruits so well. I, I am just like, I mean, I, how do you not interact with people? And most, and most players these days don't use email a whole lot. No. So I, I, but the fact that he said, I've come a long way, it makes me laugh. Because <laughs> it's like, congratulations, Nick, you've hit the late 90s. <laughs> I, I think it will be news to him to find out Friends isn't on TV anymore. Yeah, I, he he would be like, what? They, <laughs> Seinfeld is gone? I, I didn't do. A Clinton's I, I not president? Yeah. It's like, Bill Clinton's no longer in charge? <laughs> I, I, I'm like, are you? It's like you wonder if he's just, he isolates himself so much that he just pretends the world around him doesn't exist. And he'd, like, be, he'd be shocked to learn he's not an assistant at Michigan State anymore. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's what oh, he was doing then, in the '90s, wasn't he? He was coaching at Michigan State. Yeah, and then he went to the Dolphins and attempted to make it in the NFL, <laughs> and you know that failed. So maybe he like he secretly thinks he's at LSU. He thinks that there are times where he wakes up in the night and is just like, okay, how do I do my roster for the Dolphins game this weekend? Yeah, he's I mean, he's one of those guys that he he has such tunnel vision. It's football. It's yeah. football and. Nothing else. I I understand that as a coach, you want to be that your focus, but you need to be aware that things go on in society outside of your little zone. Yeah, we know? talk about like, this, and but at the same time, he is winning championships, so something's working for him. Yeah, but the email thing is just too funny. I he refuses to embrace cell phones, but is finally willing to send emails. So I guess. Baby steps. Baby I steps. Guess. All right. All right. I can, yeah. I can deal with that. Tanner Hoops, yeah. Ryan so. Steve with you here in ESPN-UP. Always good talking to you, my man. Anything that you're doing coming up, just trying to keep sane? I mean, what what do you do in quarantine? What helps you stay sane? Uh, you know, just you know, keeping up on, you know, what's going on in the sports world. I mean, I, I, I'm thinking about, you know, I'd um, – I started, you know, working on a hockey blog, you know, way back then, you know, that I would still periodic, periodically write for over time. And I thought I might get in touch with that and try to maybe start up again. So I might start doing that. I, uh, I'm just, I'm trying to stay up on things and just keeping track. Like, you know, for this show, I went and gathered a lot of Friday funnies to fill stakes. You know, I, I'm just trying to keep up on things and just trying to get by. We appreciate what what you're doing, and we appreciate you being on air with us. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe out there. We're back on Monday. For Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to the Sports Panel on ESPN-UPWZ. I'm Ishma Marquette.